I heard somebody call platypus uh, duck puppies the other day. Hello, I'm John Rossi. I'm a touring drummer with a love for all things animal. When I'm on the road, I spend as much time as possible visiting zoos, aquariums, rescues, and rehab facilities. Now, I want to share those places with you. I'll be talking to keepers, vets, conservationists, volunteers, anyone who is as passionate about animals as I am. Join me on my Raw Safari. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Raw Safari Podcast. Today, I'm coming to you from High Point, North Carolina. It's a town about 30 minutes away from two awesome zoos, the Greensboro Science Center and the North Carolina Zoo, both of which I got to visit today. It's so weird going to a zoo during a pandemic. Everything is one way, there are signs telling you where you can and can't stand to look at the animals, and many of the indoor areas and areas where people congregate are closed down. Still, after months without being able to set foot in a zoo, it's incredible to be back spending time with animals. Today's interview is with Caitlin Graham. Caitlin is a graphic designer who does a lot of animal art. She donates 15% of her profits to charity, including many animal-related charities. The interview started with a surprise. When I booked our Zoom call, I was doing so to discuss her art and charity, but I quickly found out that Caitlin actually works in admissions at the San Diego Zoo. This led to a great discussion of what that job is like, including some of the unique people she gets to meet. In the discussion, Caitlin mentions that she often tells guests to go immediately and see Clark, the red panda at the San Diego Zoo, which leads me to a funny story I wanted to share with you. Red pandas are found in the area around the Himalayan mountains. This is a cold climate, and pandas aren't always super comfortable in the heat, even in a place like San Diego. As such, the zoo takes many steps to make sure that Clark and Cola, their other red panda, are comfortable. One such step is having misters that spray cool water over the exhibit, and which sometimes reaches people outside the exhibit. One time, when I was visiting the zoo, a woman walked up and immediately said, Oh my goodness, look at that adorable fox! Just then, the misters started to go off, and she screamed, Oh my god, oh my god, the fox is peeing on me! The fox is peeing everywhere! <laughs> Keep in mind, these misters fill the entire exhibit. There isn't an animal alive that can pee like that. I turned to my friend who I was at the zoo with and said, Ah, yes, here we see the ever-elusive bladder fox. And a favorite inside joke of mine was born. As you will hear, Caitlin and I had a lot of fun recording this interview. There were times we both forgot we were recording at all, just laughing and sharing stories. Unfortunately, we are using the Zoom audio, so there are going to be some noises and some dropouts. I did my best with the editing, though. Also, Caitlin has a pet bird who was with her for the entire interview, and you can often hear some background noise as she is speaking that comes from the bird. It's mildly distracting at times, but hey, what's an animal podcast without animal noises? Anyway, enjoy my interview with Caitlin Graham. So how are you? I'm doing good. good. Sorry, my bird has to be here because I live in a one-bedroom apartment, and he will scream the entire time. Good. I figure what's an animal podcast that doesn't have animals interrupting the podcast? Right? <laughs> cool. So you live outside of San Diego, right? Yeah. Well, so like everyone knows like San Diego, I live in La Mesa, which is five minutes right out of San Diego. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Do you get to the zoo a lot? Yeah, I work at the zoo actually. I don't do, I'm not like a keeper, but I work in admissions. Okay, so I did not know this, but so that that even is more exciting. So this is kind of funny. You were the first interview I was going to do of someone who didn't work at a zoo, 
but now you are not that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I work at a zoo, but I work like I just sell like tickets and membership. So I don't really consider it like the same kind of level. Sure. But that's still that's so amazing. I mean, I, I would work I would work anything at a zoo. And especially at the San Diego Zoo. <laughs> That's where I was at. That's why I'm there. <laughs> yep. Ah, oh, yeah. I mean, I would happily sell ice cream at my local zoo if if it got me in enough. But you know, with touring, I don't get to do that. But uh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So. Tell me what it's like. Are you a literal person in the booth or do you take tickets or what, what do you do? The San Diego Zoo, uh, uh, the booth right in front of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm in those booths. So I sell memberships and tours and tickets. And I also get to like talk to all the people and like all the kids. I'm like, what's your favorite animal? And they're like, tigers. I'm like, let me tell you something cool about tigers. Yes. Yeah. So like it's fun at the same time. Like I'm still like interacting with people and I tend to be like when I'm at work, I'm like on and I'm like social butterfly. Like I will talk to everybody about anything you want to talk about. So I am definitely like the booth that they're like, hurry up. I'm like, but I have one more thing to say. (laughs) There's a line of a hundred people and you're like, did you know that Okapis follow their mom's patterns on their butt? No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. But that's, to me, that's what a zoo should be. And that's, that's one thing that I love, like connecting with people and connecting people to the animals is, is the goal you know? Yeah. And I've been to, oh goodness, I don't even know the exact number, but uh, last time I counted, it was over 130 zoos and aquariums. What the heck? Yeah. It's, it's what I do when I'm on tour. Anytime I have a free time, I will hit up any zoo, you know, try to get mostly AZA. Yeah. And the experiences at the zoos where people care and connect with you and stuff, even just for five minutes mm-hmm. are, are life-changing and are amazing and are why I'm doing this podcast and why I started my Instagram and all of that. And then there are some zoos where I go and it's like everyone's kind of annoyed you're there. That's the worst. <laughs> it makes it harder to connect with not only like the people, but even with the animals. Yeah. Cause you're like, do you care about the animals here? You don't even care about me. <laughs> right. And I'm sure they do. I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, the, to, to, to choose to be a, a zookeeper or a zoo vet with the, uh, you know, the hugely inflated salaries that they get. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Making millions. <laughs> yeah. No, you have to be passionate about it. But yeah, there are just times when I'm at a zoo and somebody says something to me like that works there or people will just ignore me. And I'm like, okay, cool. I- I'm going to go to someone else then. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I, I, I just wanted to know your red panda's name. <laughs> Okay, bye. <laughs> oh my gosh. Speaking of red pandas, the San Diego Zoo, we have a red panda named Clark. I love Clark. <gasps> yes, Clark is my favorite. He's the one that I, like, anytime a kid's like, what's your favorite animal? I'm like, Clark, you should go see Clark immediately, right now. <laughs> Just head right there. He will make your day. Oh, I love him so much. Oh yeah, I've posted a bunch of pictures of Clark. I have my little secret Clark space. Oh. <laughs> because what I found out was that um, back when, when there were still the giant pandas there, mm-hmm you know, you'd have to wait in line to get in and see Clark yeah. as well, because he was behind the, the the line for the pandas. He's like part of the line. And sometimes that line can stretch. Hours. Yes. And there is a little area that is all bamboo going across, um, kind of like where the line goes and everything, but before you actually get in the line. Mm-hmm. And there is a little corner of the bamboo that just never grows in and you can see through it. And it's, it's, you really have to get up to it and like stick your head in, but you can see about 60% of the red panda enclosure. And some of my best ever pictures of Clark, it's right in front of where they give him his leaf eater biscuits. Uh-huh. And so uh, some of my best pictures ever of Clark are through this little bamboo thing, hiding on the outside and, and just like spending time with him there. Uh-huh. 
a little Clark window. Yes, it is. It is my favorite place in the zoo. <laughs> so cute. That and the uh, with the new bridge that they they built. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's in the top of his tree, you can look down and see him. Oh, really? And it's just like a little speck, but it's just like ah, that's I know you. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do a, so for admissions, you have to like do all of the tours that we have available so we can like sell them better. Right. And on one of my tours, I got to do the red pandas. And so we got to like go behind the scenes with um, Clark and it was right when we had just gotten cola. Okay. So we like got to go back there and like see like their like enclosures and like hang out with them and like watch them. Like they got like the little misters and I was like melting inside. Nice. I've gotten to do that at a couple different zoos now. And it, of all the animals, I mean, they're, they're my favorite animal. And yeah, I've had some amazing experiences. I would kill to meet Clark though. <laughs> Probably not literally, but. But like maybe. 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 I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and Cola's so gorgeous too. I know. By the way, um, just as a, as a little side note, my retirement plan as a musician mm-hmm. is when I'm done touring, I'm going to join the Chameleons at the San Diego Zoo, which is that band that mashes up funk stuff and jazz stuff. Yes. Okay. So I work in admissions and our break room is right behind the stage. So when they were doing like summer nights and stuff, all of the musicians would be back there and I'd be like, so what's it like? Like, what's it like, like playing songs? And like, at one point we had a band that was playing there before and they would like sing songs about like animals and stuff. And I was like, I feel like that's kind of a dream. Yeah. Like I can't sing or play music, but I feel like that's a dream. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it would be like the first time I saw chameleons because they're also really talented. Yeah. Those guys are legit. Yeah. I found myself sitting there watching them and then suddenly remembered you're at a zoo, Mm -hmm. get your butt in gear and go see some animals. (laughs) When, when I'm done touring, I'm just going to figure out how to be a chameleon at the San Diego Zoo. I believe in you. I feel like you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I have faith in you. <laughs> so that's, oh, that's so awesome. So how many days a week are you at the zoo normally? Four days a week, four to five. Um, I work part-time there. I do like a thousand of things. Mm-hmm. What artist doesn't? Yeah, right. Uh, so I work like part-time there. So it's usually like 20 hours. Okay. Yeah. So when you're there, how often do you go early or, or stay late and, and try and see some of the animals? I don't go early or stay late, but I definitely on my breaks, I'm like, I'm going to go like look at the flamingos and like hang out with the flamingos because they're like right across the break. And at one point I was like watching the flamingos and some little girl was like walks up to me and she's like, what's pinioning? And I was like, there was like a keeper there. And I was like, well, actually, let me tell you, (laughs) like, I'm like so aggressive. Like, and if I like hear somebody like, oh, they eat bugs. And I'm like, actually, (laughs) it's, it's not good. My husband's always like, Caitlin, you can't just like go up to strangers and correct them. Like, that's not okay. And I'm like, but they need to know. So I have the same bad habit, Mm -hmm. especially pertaining to red pandas, because everybody says that red pandas are, you know, foxes or related to the giant panda or whatever. And um, sometimes I will just correct, which is not great, but I will do it. Yeah. But then sometimes the habit that I've gotten into, I tried this a couple times and it's really bad, but I do it, <laughs> is um, I will comment out loud to myself. Yes. I've done this so many times. I've done this so many times where I'm like, huh, weird. Um, pinioning is actually not harmful to the birds. Did you, did I know that? I knew that. Yep. Same that. I, I will walk up and be like, oh, what a gorgeous red panda, not fox. I think, and do I remember, I'm trying to think, aren't red pandas in their own family? Yeah, I think they are. Cool. <laughs> yep. I, I'm so bad about it. I'm so bad. 
That's amazing. So, so for people listening, what is pinioning? Pinioning is so like when you see like uh, birds, like flamingos at the zoo, where they don't have the aviaries around them, but they don't fly away. When they're really young, they just snip a little part of their wing, doesn't like bleed or anything. It doesn't hurt them. And it just makes it so that those flight feathers don't grow in so they don't fly away. So it keeps, it's a good way for zoos to, you know, make sure that they can have like open air exhibits, but you're not losing flamingos every day, chasing them down. Yeah, makes sense. I'm sure there were people listening going, okay, is she going to tell us what pinion is? <laughs> or does she have to harass us at the zoo? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I always like, that's my other habit. I know I always assume things. And I'm always like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. and like, even my husband will be like, Caitlin, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, okay, let me like bring it down. <laughs> Working in zoo admissions. Do you ever get people who come up and say to you like, zoos are bad or shouldn't exist while buying an admission to the zoo. Yeah. Oh yeah. All the time. All the time. And I don't understand it. Or they'll like come in and they'll be like $56 to get into the zoo. Like that seems outrageous. And I'm like, well, think about how much it costs to feed a tiger. Think about how much it costs to pay everybody to like take care of these animals. Like it adds up. And there'll be people who will be like, I just wish that the tigers could run free or I just wish like this and that. And I'm like, I hear you. I do. But they're not living bad lives here. Mm-hmm. Not, not only do they live good lives, but we have shown that as a species, we're just going to wipe everything out. Yeah, might as well start protecting protecting them now. Yeah, captive populations. And and when you look at things like what San Diego has done, especially with like the California condors. Yes. Um, you know, and I know you know the story, but for people listening who don't, um, they they basically took the entire remaining wild population into captivity, bred them, came up with little puppets so that their offspring would um not imprint on humans and now have released, uh, you know, a bunch back into the wild. And I think I want to say there are over 500 in the wild now and the population's still growing and there are wild births and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, it's John. Real quick, I wanted to drop a fact check in here for you. In the interview, I mentioned that there were 500 California condors currently in the wild. Turns out there are 300 in the wild and 200 still in captivity as part of this breeding program. Just wanted to make sure that you had the correct numbers as you were listening. Now, back to the interview. Which is incredible. And yeah. do you ever want to see, you know, again, I'm sure you know this, but if, if people listening want to see this great example, um, you can look at things like uh, the, the, the giant panda was on the verge of extinction when WWF stepped in and and brought awareness. And we got some pandas in, in DC and then some other zoos and stuff. And until recently in San Diego and stuff. And there was so much awareness about them. So many people fell in love with them that conservation efforts kicked up, donations kicked up, and now they're not even considered endangered anymore. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And that's kind of like what I'm trying to do is like, spread awareness for all of these like weird animals that are in danger that nobody knows about. And I'm like, we can do the same thing. We can do that. We can stop a copies from being, you know, critically endangered. Like we can, we can do all of that. Yes. Yeah. No, it's, it's amazing how even just in little ways you can find, you know, I've been doing a bunch of um, little music video things during uh, COVID while just like recording, you know, in my little drum studio and, and on my phone and putting it out there. And I always make sure that I have my Iggy banner. Iggy was the red panda at Zoo Atlanta. And uh, her face is always looking down on me in the videos as I'm playing. And sometimes I'll wear like I have a tree kangaroo hat from Woodland Park Zoo 
and a, a platypus hat from when I, I got to see the platypuses at the uh, safari park. And and I'll wear those in the videos just 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 in case somebody takes notice and is like, oh, what's what is that? You know, yeah. Any little thing you can do is is so important. I heard somebody call platypus uh, duck puppies the other day. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I have never loved anything more in my life than that. Never. Oh my gosh, I was dying. Duck puppies. That's duck puppies. amazing. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I was um, I was doing a gig in New Mexico uh, not too long ago, but before all this hit, and uh, I, I went out to um, the LA area. We rehearsed and then we went to New Mexico and then we went back. Mm-hmm. And the way it worked out, the day we got back, we actually got back way earlier than I expected. And I was exhausted. I had barely slept for days. I had played this show. We had spent hours in a van and um, I didn't care. And the second I got there, I, I had a rental car waiting for me and I ran to the safari park because I had to see the duck puppies. The duck puppies. <laughs> Because they were new and I had not, and I fell so in love and it was just, it was amazing and just the best day. I love, I love San Diego. love everything. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been up there to see them yet, but I'm hopefully, hopefully soon. Yeah. I think today they announced it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're reopening. That's amazing. I'm so excited. I know. I'm excited. I'm excited to go back. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Philly area has not announced any of that yet oh really yeah and i'm trying to be a good boy and not travel too much since we're not supposed to so i haven't yeah haven't gone on some like three or four hour drive to a zoo yet but i really want to so <laughs> you're like i'm really thinking about it oh like daily like yeah <laughs> uh, it's really good that the zoos are all doing timed entry right now mm-hmm. because i can't just be spontaneous and be like you know what screw public health i'm going <laughs> bye <laughs> <laughs> yeah the temptation is definitely there so let's talk about your art okay. because um, you do some incredible work. Thank you so much. And uh, I, I love, I have, I have your, you know, the red panda sticker <laughs> and I have, I think I've gotten a couple of your other stickers and, and mm. they have gone to some friends and they're just really gorgeous and really unique. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. And I really felt like before we ever talked at all, online, Mm -hmm. I felt like I knew you a little bit because of your art, if that makes sense. That's my goal. That's always my goal. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. And I like, I felt so comfortable reaching out to you and just being like, and like, you know, I'm a guy, you're a married girl. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get up in her DMs, but like in a nice way. And hopefully this track, she'll see what I'm doing. I see what she's doing. And like, so I, but it just felt so natural because like, I felt like your friend through your art. It's going to make you cry. I love it. <laughs> That's always my goal. I always want to be approachable because I feel like I've had encounters like with like artists where I'm like scared to reach out to them and be like, I love what you do. And I always want to be like, message me. Like, let's have a conversation. I talked to somebody about red pandas, not you, different person. What? <laughs> I know. Crazy. And he like will like send me like random like red panda facts. And I'm like, cool. I didn't know that. Thank you for educating me. You know, <laughs> We're all here to learn from each other. Yeah. So where can people find your stuff? My Instagram is Caitlin Nicole Design. No S because that Etsy shop was taken. Um, and then I also have a website, uh, CaitlinNicoleDesign.com. Okay, cool. And you can buy stuff there. Same thing, Caitlin Nicole Design on Etsy as well. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. So tell me about, I know that you donate some of your, your proceeds. So tell me tell me mm-hmm. about that and tell me about some of the charities that you're, you've given money to or, or are hoping to give money to. Yeah, so... 
all of my products. So I do stickers and I also do like um, cards and mugs and stuff and everything donates 15% back to different conservation programs. Um, and I kind of started this whole thing because I got my degree in graphic design, but I'm like very passionate about conservation. I just really couldn't get through the biology classes. Like math is not my thing. And so, yeah. (laughs) And so I was just trying to find a way to like mix the two of them because conservation can seem like such a unapproachable topic. And like, it seems like there are so much happening that you can't like make a difference, but There are like tons of charities and conservation programs that are doing that. They are making a difference. Um, And so this way I can kind of like support them and what they're doing while also like spreading awareness. Like my stickers, they all have little backings that have information about the animal. So if you're like, oh, I love Okapis, but I know nothing about Okapis. Now you do. Now you know that they're like closely related to giraffes. You know, like it's like spreading awareness, like how we're talking earlier about like with the giant pandas where everyone suddenly knew about them and then all of a sudden they were saved. Yep. You know, maybe we can do the same thing. Yeah, that's awesome. I I will tell you when I got the uh, the package in the mail, I, you know, I was expecting the cool stickers because that's what I ordered. But <laughs> when I saw how you do that with the backing and everything, I think it's amazing. And I think it's it's part of the art. I actually have not used my sticker yet. Because I want to stick it on something, but I don't want to take it off the cool little backing, which is part of it. I hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard that uh, a few times. But they're like, I like the packaging and the sticker. Like, should I just buy another sticker? And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really cool, though. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, that's one of the things I have done a couple now fundraising things where I, I just ask people to donate and then donate the money to, to Red Panda Network or to Sea Turtle Conservancy or to uh, Cheetah Conservation Fund. But I have looked into, I thought it would be really cool to do like a calendar or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I have found is as of last year, I was thinking of doing it around Christmas time. There's nowhere where you can just, like you would have to pre-order a certain number of them and sell them. And it just, it seemed very financially not feasible yeah. for, for where I'm at right now. But ultimately I would love to be able to, to monetize Rossafari, uh, the Instagram, the podcast, whatever, um, and make sure that that money is going back to, to conservation sources because I personally donate and, and I love doing that, but I would love to make this into, into a bigger thing. Um, do you have any ideas or any thoughts on, on ways to do that? Yeah. I mean, you would always buy like all my packaging. I print at home. I don't really outsource anything but my stickers. You could always just print them at home. I've looked into doing a calendar as well, um, where each month was a different like animal. Mm-hmm. And it's expensive to pre-order it. Like, and you have to buy like 500 of them. Yeah. Yeah. I was so not going like, to sell uh, that. Yeah. 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 I know. I, I feel the same way with some of the stuff that I do, but like you can like buy the binding tools and you can like DIY it, make it look good. That's not a bad idea. I literally yeah. never thought of that. I am, I am incredibly bad at, um, artistic things other than music. Okay. Um, so like when I tell you it never crossed my mind, I mean, it never crossed my mind oh, really? that I, I could do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm the kind of guy who like, with the exception of with my drums, which I have learned how to, you know, I, I built a bass drum pedal from used parts and stuff. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like if somebody asks for a screwdriver, I'm like, that's, that's the one with the pointy part at the end. Right. <laughs> and I kind of know the difference between straight and Phillips head, but you know, I'm, I am not a pro with any of that uh, yeah. building or artsy stuff. You know, 
skills lie in different areas. Mm, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm the kind of person where like I go to a store and I'm like, I don't have to, I can make that. I don't need to buy it. I can just make that myself. Right. And I am definitely like, Ooh, that please. Cool. Or like, <laughs> I'll have an idea and I'll try to like get an artist to make the idea or something. And yeah. I, I just see like blank stairs and I'm like, I get, no, I'll draw, I'll sketch it for you. Oh gosh. That's not, nope. Okay. No, I yeah. won't sketch it for yeah, you. Never no, mind. <laughs> bad idea. Bad idea. <laughs> What are some of the charities that you've you've donated to and what are some of your favorite ones out there? Yeah, so um, each product that I have, like each sticker donates to a conservation program that'll directly affect that animal. So like say your favorite animal is a red panda, it's going to go to the red panda network so that you can actually help your favorite animal instead of like just a very like generalized conservation program. Um, my favorite is Okapi's Conservation Project because Okapi's are my all-time favorite weirdos. I love them. So that was the first sticker I ever did. They've been my favorite animal since I was a kid. And they do a lot of really great stuff. I, I know a little bit about all the conservation programs that I donate to like... Sure, sure, sure. Oh, I have a whole list of... It's like eight or nine of them. But I've donated like $150 to them, which doesn't seem like a whole lot, but like $15 is enough to pay for a ranger for a day. Uh-huh. So Yeah, no, that's incredible. I'm, I'm so proud of you. That's so cool. Thank you. Yeah. And remind me, when we get off here... Um, I will have to find it, but I have I have a couple of Okapi pictures that I've never posted because they're not the clearest, but mm-hmm. they are the goofiest Okapi picture you will ever see. Uh, there was an Okapi at the Brookfield Zoo that was really interested in me trying to take its picture and was shoving its snout right up to where my camera was on the other side of its enclosure. And they are they're hilarious, and I will I will definitely uh, send send one or two of those to you. Yes. You ever met an Okapi? Yes. Yeah, so I got to feed Okapis. And I was with like a bunch of my coworkers and they're like, oh yeah, no copies. And I was like near tears. Like I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God, there are copies. Oh my God. And then everyone's like, Caitlin, it's a no copy. Like calm down. Like everybody was laughing at me. And I was like, I, it was the best day of my life. <laughs> oh yeah, no, totally. I totally get that. Whenever I've met any of my favorite, my favorite species, it, it, uh, uh, words. Yep, yep, exactly. words. Like, this is a podcast, but yeah. I can't speak. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like my husband's like, oh, better than like our wedding day. And I'm like, yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like way up here. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. No, totally makes sense. I, oh, yeah. I feel that real hard. Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing how even species that you might not connect with that much, if you have an encounter with them, mm-hmm. you can fall in love. You know, you, you, I know you are a bird person. I am. And I am less of one. I have, I have grown appreciation for some birds, but they are gen- generally not my favorite species. And uh, flamingos in particular, I, I never really connected with. I know they're hugely popular at zoos. Mm-hmm. And, and I was always like, okay, cool. Like, good. That's more people looking at them while I go off and, and look at animals I like. You know? <laughs> um, and then uh, the first time I went to the San Diego Zoo, I got to feed flamingos. That was a lot. Yeah. That was magical. Yeah. And now I love them. And now, um, oh, I want to say, it, is it San Diego that just hatched two baby flamingos? Uh, one of the ones that I follow just had two mm-hmm. hatch. And they had pictures of the parents watching the eggs hatch. Oh, make your heart melt. Oh, I was almost in tears. And I was like, yeah. I used to not even like you guys, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, okay. And then I fed one and then I fell in love. And now I think you're the coolest thing ever. Yeah. San Diego Zoo does something really cool, actually. So my dad is a keeper at the San Diego Zoo, a bird keeper. Yeah, so I get to, like, hear all the, like, fun stuff. Mm -hmm. So they have a flock at the safari park of 
lessers that they can't really get to um, raise their own chicks. So they pulled the eggs from Safari Park and then they had the um, American flamingos at the that, that main plaza mm-hmm. and they actually incubated them and then raised them. And so they could have a whole another flock of lessers, which are my favorite. And so they had like the um, American flamingos that were able to raise this whole new flock of flamingos. It's so cool. I love it. It's so amazing. I I love how innovative these places are. And San Diego's always on the cutting edge of stuff. Oh, yeah. I know if you do the vet hospital tour, they talk about um, how they were the ones that figured out that uh, flamingos are flock animals and don't like to be alone. And so if you have to separate a flamingo and and put it in an isolation tank or whatever, um, if you set up mirrors so that it sees itself reflected, it feels like it's in a flock and it stays perfectly calm and everything that is so cool yeah i love that i love that story so much flamingos are such fragile birds though i love them but i don't know how they survive in the wild like they just seem like they are always on the cusp of like freaking out (laughs) yeah yeah i i often wonder how how my favorite animals survive how did you you do this yeah i know it's amazing i mean look at and we have cheetahs in zoos that are literally learning from dogs because they're yeah. so nervous and then somehow they exist in the wild. Okay. okay sure. <laughs> that, does that compute with anybody else? Here? <laughs> so I want to say on your Instagram, you say, I'm trying to save the world. Want to help? Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Yeah. That's like my thing. Oh, I love that. <laughs> So I, ever since I was a kid, I was like, I want to save the world and I want to do all of it. And I, it seems like such a daunting task to save the world. (laughs) That's a big thing. Um, (laughs) But my whole like concept is if you can do something small, like you're saving the world for that animal or that person or that species, like you don't have to save the whole world to be a part of saving the world you know, and we can all kind of do it together. I was at a, I think I told a story on my Instagram, but I was at a uh, craft fair type thing. And it was like a zoo based craft fair. And older guy. I want to go to there. Yeah, the zoo does like actual. Yeah, it's really fun. So I was doing this craft fair. And this older guy walks up to me because my business say my business cards say like, trying to save the world want to help. Right. And he was like, oh my gosh, like young people always think that they can save the world and they just don't think that like, and I was like, yes, like, why can't I be the one that saves the world? You're not trying, so I might as well try, you know? That's and I was, awesome. he just, Yeah, he was like, oh, these young people, they always think they can save the world. And I was like, someone has to, obviously. Yeah, clearly. And he's not going to do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> But yeah. Oh, that's such a great attitude. When I was like a kid, like I was always so like crippled by trying to find a career choice because I was like, I want to do so many things for so many people and so many like facets of the world. And it was like kind of like overwhelming. And then I ended up picking like nothing. And I was just like, I'm going to just grab graphic design. I don't know. I'm just going to pick it. So you had, I had to kind of like switch that mindset of like something small is still saving the world. Mm-hmm. No, totally. That's awesome. I, I was the exact opposite. Oh, really? I wanted to be a touring drummer from pretty much the time that I understood there were touring drummers. <laughs> um, like I remember seeing footage of the Beatles early on, and it was there. I think their Shea Stadium concert, and then a Sullivan clip, and Ringo was playing the drums, and I was just like, oh. 
yeah, that. I want to do that. And that was all I focused on. And I was willing to lessen my interpersonal relationships. And I was was willing to to make a lot of sacrifices. I, I distinctly remember having girls be like, hey, take me to a movie this weekend when I was like in high school and being like, I'm sorry, I really have to practice. Dedication. Yeah, yeah. And 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 people who, you know, were with me in my life. I had friends and 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 girls that I dated and stuff who got used to hanging out with my my parents for an hour while I went and and, and practiced. That's so funny. <laughs> it's crazy to think about, but I was I was all about it. It was very important to me. And I literally remember the first night of my first national tour. I walked out on stage, I sat down behind the drums, I looked out at the audience. And I just had this very, it was a very calm moment. It wasn't like, woo, it was just like, oh, this is what I wanted. I should probably figure out something else to do now. (laughs) It's taken me a lot of years and a lot of time. And obviously, like doing a career like that, you have to stay focused and keep working and finding new work and all this stuff. But uh, over the last couple of years, my, my passion for animals that always existed has grown into just so much more of my identity. And um, whereas people used to post, you know, drummer memes on my Facebook wall. Now they post red panda memes or turtle memes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Ross Safari is a daily thing. I've missed one day since I started it. And it was, it was the day my grandmother passed away mm. and that's it. You know, everything else that has happened in the world, everything going crazy, whatever part of the world I'm in, mm-hmm. uh, it's always there. It, it's important to me. And, uh, now I'm doing this podcast. Um, so it's it's just it's like you said the ability to like focus in on like something important and and take those small steps and starting this podcast was scary for me because I don't know if anyone's going to listen. Yeah. But also if one person hears this and goes, "What is an o- o- was it Okapi they said?" and looks it up and falls in love and donates a buck or buys one of your stickers mm-hmm. or something, then I've made a difference in the world. Or even if they just like look it up, yeah. just figure out what it is. And they're like, hmm, maybe I'm going to go to my local zoo and now I'm going to go look at an Okapi. Yeah. You know, yeah. like my, I have a three-year-old niece and I took her to the San Diego Zoo with us. Um, and she was like, what is like, back to Okapis, obviously. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> always. Oh, she was like, she was pronouncing it something weird. And I was like, oh no, it's Okapi. And she was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, now she's going to say it, like, pronounce it correctly. Like, it's just like the little things, you know? Yep. It all matters. And I think, mm-hmm. I think we're seeing that in such a real way in the, in the real world right now, which is, uh, awesome, scary, but awesome. You know? Yeah. 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 What made you fall in love with animals? Oh man. So, uh, <laughs> probably since the day I was born, um, my dad has been a keeper his whole life. He had parrots before he even met my mom. Um, and so me and my dad are really close. And so like when I was a kid, we had my bird is biting me so bad right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> he's like attacking me. Um, he's so jealous. Um, but yeah, so he had a yellow nape Amazon and a um, African gray. And I would sit in front of uh, Rocky was the yellow nape. He was the only one approachable. Like the African gray, no way. She was so bonded to my dad. She would attack anybody who came near. Oh, wow. Um, I, would, yeah, I would just sit in front of his cage and I would just talk to him and I'd be like, oh, you ready to come out? Nope. Okay. We're on your time here. Don't you worry. I'm not going to get bit. Like, I'll just wait for you. And my dad would come home from work and I would run to the door and be like, can you take Rocky out of the cage? And I would just hold him for hours. <laughs> it's been like since day one. And I went by, we have finches and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so 
At one point, we had a zebra finch got kicked out of the nest because his feet were like turned inward, like his toes were turned inward, so he couldn't per- uh, perch properly. And um, my dad was like, "Oh, you know, that's nature." And I was like, "It is, but also I can do something about it." And so I, I was like a stubborn kid, and I was like, so I brought him in, and his name was Eddie, and I had I built him like a platform instead of a perch because he mm-hmm. couldn't like walk, and it flattened out his toes. And then he got a girlfriend, and he went out into our aviary. <laughs> Yeah, his girlfriend's name was Ellie. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, and I was like, and like from then on, I was like, I can do this. Like, uh, we had finches that their mom, unfortunately, um, passed away. And so they were too young to, like, make it. And so I, um, my dad was like, do you want to learn how to hand feed finches? And I was like, of course I do. And so I was, I think my freshman year of college, I would feed the birds when I like left the house. I would go to class, come back home, feed the birds, go back to class, explain to my professors why I was always late to class. Yes. Yeah. I would go back home, feed them because I had to be fed like every hour. Right. So like I would be like, oh, dad, you need to be home by five because I have to work at five and they need to be fed at this time. And then I got a con year when I was in my sophomore year of high school and he's like my best friend but like not in a weird way not like a he's your only friend kind of a way but (laughs) (laughs) like you know like it's just ever since then like my whole life has always been like animals that's amazing that's so cool I love that so much oh that makes my heart just so happy that's just so cool (laughs) I know I keep telling my husband I'm like can we get chickens in our apartment he's like Kayla no (laughs) I had when I was a kid I had four chicks we just randomly we were at a feed store and I was like my dad was like let's get chickens and I was like okay and I raised them until they were too old in my bedroom and everyone called me like mama hen because they would just follow me around the house I'd have four little chicks I was like eight years old four little chicks just running around oh I love animals they're so great they're so great and usually they give you unconditional love uh, except for when they bite you because they're jealous because you're on a podcast you know other than that (laughs) what is your bird's name his name is Nico. He's a okay. little green cheek Conyer. Hey, yeah. Nico. It's good to see you, buddy. He's so handsome. Yeah. It's what gets him out of trouble because <laughs> I live in a, an apartment and he screams all day long. And I'm like, nobody noticed. Please, nobody noticed the screaming bird. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's just the TV. That's amazing. Yeah. The, uh, the first time I, so I live in an area now with foxes and, uh, I have seen many of them and they're gorgeous. I have, I have one in particular that I call Fox friend who will like come up to my door sometime (laughs) and like, cause I, um, I, there was a dog that lived here for about a year, a, um, a working dog in training that, that, uh, we were fostering here. And, um, the the fox just fell in love with this dog and would watch us playing fetch and stuff. And it was like the coolest thing. Mm. So the first time that I heard a fox doing its mating scream, which if you have not heard. I have not. Oh my goodness. First of all, you can hear it from like a mile or more away. And it literally sounds like a young woman screaming like she is being murdered. Oh, great. I love that for them. And so I wake up, I hear this. I quickly throw on shoes. I'm I'm wearing like sleep shorts and nothing else. And I throw on shoes and I run outside with my phone flashlight fully ready to save someone. <laughs> stop this woman from being murdered in the park. And I don't know what the heck I'm gonna do about it, but I'm I'm darn well gonna try. And uh and it, it turns out it was it was it was these foxes and they are they're amazing and they are gorgeous and they're wonderful, but uh they scream. Yeah, they scream and I have been woken up by foxes many times now. <laughs> We used to have, um, we had a second African gray 
who he had like a cage that hung in this tree and then he had like free reign of the whole tree mm-hmm. and um he would scream like a girl being murdered like actually i don't know where we adopted him halfway through mm-hmm. his life i don't know where he picked that noise up but we had the cops called on us once <laughs> because they were like someone is screaming like it was someone in, ja- in danger and we're like nope that's just our parrot <laughs> Yeah, I could just see a cop showing up and you being like, no, it's a parrot, pointing at the parrot who's making no yeah. noise and just being like, no, I, I swear, Google it. I swear it's him. I swear it's him. It's not me. Yeah, the cop's like, ma'am, are you, maybe we should talk alone. Can you, yeah, can you without, step outside yeah. for a second? Yeah. <laughs> just come with me for a moment. It's fine. It's okay. That's amazing. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. It's nice to like talk to another person for more than like five minutes at the grocery store. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's nice to not have to have a mask on here. This is a yeah. good. Uh, lovely <laughs> to see a bird. That's the closest I've been to a zoo lately. So. Oh, then you're welcome. <laughs> yes, thank you for that. Um, and yeah, next time I'm out in the San Diego area, like maybe we could uh, meet up or something. I would love yeah. to do an in-person chat and um, I'll, I'll come and buy a ticket from you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be like, $56? Are you kidding me? <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Have a great night. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Well, that's it for this week's episode. Keep in mind that you can check out Caitlin's work on Instagram and Etsy at Caitlin Nicole Design. Caitlin is spelled K-A-I-T-L-Y-N. Or her website, CaitlinNicoleDesign.com. Also, please take a moment to check out her favorite charity, the Okapi Conservation Project at OkapiConservation.org. I'll talk to you next week. Well, that's our show for this week. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed making it. Our theme song is Sevens by Nathan Burke, performed by Nathan Burke and John Rossi. Listen and subscribe on any podcast app. Please take the time to leave a review as it helps other people find our podcast. You can find Rossafari on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Rossafari, on the web at Rossafari.com, or email me directly at rossafaripod at gmail.com. Now, stop listening to me and go visit a zoo.